You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. All right, let's move to wide receivers. Um, I have Tyreek at one, A.J. Brown at two. But, Zach, you have A.J. Brown at two. I love it. It makes a lot of sense. What you got? Yeah. I actually have him. I think I have him as my one, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, if I go, if do. I go, yeah. Right. I have him as my wide receiver one this week, A.J. Brown. Oh, you do have so, him. Oh, I said you have him at two. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wide yeah. receiver one. Yeah, this is not something that we have to really think twice about. I have him as my fantasy wide receiver one. It's a fantastic matchup against the Commanders. There's not really a case against him being the wide receiver one besides the fact that Tyreek Hill has the capability to go nuclear at any time. But the thing yeah. is, so can A.J. Brown. You know, He's been on an entirely new level this season compared to last year, and he's challenging Tyreek Hill as the best fantasy wide receiver over the past five weeks. In that time span, he's averaging a higher target share than Tyreek, Tyreek Hill, 34% to 33%. Higher average depth of target by a long shot, 13.5 versus 10.47. Higher air yards share. 50% to 47%, ridiculous, 50% air yard share in the Eagles' offense, 30% of the Eagles' end zone targets to Tyreek's 20%, and more fantasy points per game at 26 points per game versus Tyreek Hill's 25.4. And you've probably heard this stat flying around all week, but it matters. Brown has 125 or more receiving yards in five straight games, and now he's getting the commanders who are allowing the seventh most fantasy points to wide receivers overall, fifth most points to perimeter pass catchers. Those stats courtesy of ESPN and also fantasy life. He's managed to make Devonte Smith a legit afterthought in this offense. And that's not something I thought was possible because we know the type of wide receiver Devonte Smith is as problematic as that's been for Smith's managers. I think we got to get used to this level of domination we're seeing from AJ Brown. He has turned it to a completely new level this season. I don't think there's any argument to be made that you can't put AJ Brown at one in this matchup. Yeah, man. Um, I totally agree. I, I think I think you're right. He should be the wide receiver one because the Patriots do give number one wide receivers trouble, right? And yeah. that that could be the we case. We saw that week. happen in the last game yeah. that the yeah, Dolphins had sure. against the Patriots. So yeah, mm-hmm. they they stifled Stephon Diggs last week too. Um, but this, I the, uh, do. This has to be the week for Devontae Smith, man. Like, not saying he was going to take away from AJ <laughs> Brown, but like, if he can't come through this week, like, what is it going to happen? You know what I'm saying? Right. So we're see. on like that's life good. support here for his like potential like do you think he's gonna fall into like a low wide receiver two range i mean that's what he's been doing even worse in some some cases do you think he could fall into that range potentially i have him that's where i have him this week 
if I'm not mistaken. I have I have Devontae Smith at twenty six this week. Oh, so that's so a he's high a high end wide receiver three. Yep. Yeah. I have. Okay. Well, do you think that do you this is going to continue? Game? Like, uh, I, sorry, this is just a question. Like, do you think? Oh, you have this him at, situation have him at thirteen. Oh, wow. Okay. Do you think? It's yeah, it's, it's a good matchup. Do you think in this situation? And you just mentioned that it's supposed to be Devontae Smith's week. Do you think in this situation? Do you think we're going to continue to see it? Like I just outlined it, where AJ Brown's just a dominating wide receiver right now. Like yes. Twenty twenty three, his year. Or do you think yes. Devontae Smith yes. can come back from this? No. I don't. I, I do. I think Devonta Smith can come back. Yes, I do. But I don't think this is going to be, you know, AJ Brown is absolutely dominating. The target shares were way closer last year between the, these two guys. This year, 28% to 18%. I'm sorry, yeah, to 22%. Okay. No, I'm sorry. I was looking at the wrong numbers. 32% <laughs> to 22%. Absolutely completely yeah. different, right? Like this was like 27 and 26 last year. Now AJ Brown has con- looked. Taking the clear lead here as a alpha, 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 alpha wide receiver one this year. Right. Okay. It just it is what it is. It's just what happened. Yep. But I do think that Devonta Smith is going to have his games. You know, if you want a shot at like a legit wide receiver two every week, maybe you go buy him now. Uh, but he has been selling a lot lately. But this is the matchup to get right. Let's see if he can do it. Um, yep. I have Cooper Cup at number three. Uh, even against Dallas, I'm firing him up without hesitation. Uh, you you kind of know who you're starting. If if you're yeah. wondering where I have Jamar Chase, he's at seven this week. Definitely has room to grow once we see that Joe Burrow is good to go. I do like the matchup. Uh, you know, as long as Joe Burrow can stay upright in this game, the 49ers are giving up the third most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers over the last four weeks. I have Puka at number eight. Uh, Zach has him at eleven. It seems like Zach is lower on all players going up against Dallas at home this week. Uh, <laughs> I think Zach is hoping for a statement game from Dallas. Uh, this week, who, by the way, is his team. So take anything he says about the Rams and Dallas with a grain of salt. Moving on. Uh, I'm I, I think <laughs> yeah, I, I think 11 is fine. You know, we've seen this happen. Where we saw it two weeks in a row now. So the first week that Cooper Cup was back, he got the targets. And then the next week, it was Puka Nakua. So it can go either way. But I think that 11 is still fine for Puka Nakua. That's still a wide receiver one. And like I mentioned, the way that I expect this game to go is it's going to be pass heavy for the Rams. And that's why I have Daryl Henderson ranked so low. You have two Rams wide receivers that could be wide receiver ones in this matchup. I think that's going to be the case. You set yourself too. You think it's going to be high scoring. I think that's going to be happening through the receivers, Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup, a lot more than it is Daryl Henderson. Like if it's going to be high scoring, you have to move in the ball fast and you don't move the ball sure. fast with Daryl Henderson. So yeah, sure. I don't think Puka Nakua, I don't think it's too much of a snub to put him at 11. <laughs> you know, the difference between 11 and eight it's there, but I don't. Th- I think <laughs> if I had him outside the top twelve, that would be something to say. So yeah, no, you might be able to say, yeah, it's the Cowboys fan in him. But I'm just looking at this <laughs> game from the game that I'm expecting. That's where that comes from. You know yeah, I, I'm, I, it's really not much of a difference. There. You're starting him regardless. Uh, right, right, I have right. Adam Thielen in my top ten. You know, fire him up. Chris Olave is at eleven for me. I'm not. Cr- I'm not quitting Chris Olave, guys. Okay. I know he's been disappointing. I know it's been frustrating, you know, watching Kamara get peppered with targets. I know he just told a cop that he plays for the Saints and the cop didn't care and still arrested him. But Olave had 15 (laughs) targets on Thursday night, okay? He's scheduled the next three games, Indy, Chicago, Minnesota. Start him, buy him, do what you got to do, okay? 
just remember the receiver that he was last year. And we thought it would be way better this year because Derek Carr would be peppering him with targets, but it's been Alvin Kamara. Like you mentioned, I think Alvin Kamara is still going to get those targets, but the fact that he's still getting 15 targets, you know, like you mentioned in the last game, he's still not catching the ball at a very highly efficient rate at all. Just seven catches on those 15 targets. That's going to turn around. And like you mentioned, the game's coming up are fantastic. So I don't think that there's any reason to be off him. I have him down in the rankings a little bit because, like I said, I do think that the Alvin Kamara domination is still going to continue for a couple weeks. If Jamal Williams works in, then maybe that will change. But I think for right now, Chris Olave, he's still you know, a top 15, 16 type player. And that's where I have him ranked. He had 10 targets and 15 targets the last two weeks, even with Kamara you know, getting all the targets that he's got. You know, Listen, we don't have to look to last year for Chris Olave. Look at the first three games of this year. Eight for 112, six for 86, eight for 104. Two weeks ago against yep. Houston, seven for 96. Like, we don't have to look to last year. Look to this year. Those touchdowns yep. are coming. Those targets are there. Like, yeah. there's just like, talk about it's just like this. <laughs> there's just this aura around Chris Olave where it's just like, yeah, well, you know, he's not that good. Or like, oh, he's just like a low end wide receiver too. Oh, should I start Chris Olave? Like, guys, come on. Stop. All right. Right. I have Nico Collins at 15, another one I'm higher than consensus on. Carolina's perimeter defense is not good. I'm looking at Nico to have a big game this week. Um, the Miami wide receivers got it done last week. Okay, whatever. That They're a different case. Uh, but Josh Reynolds got it done the week uh, week before on the perimeter. Justin Jefferson, obviously. DK Metcalf had his best game against them. Chris Olave was good. Uh, I mean, you know, this perimeter defense has been allowing some production. Okay. Uh, Zach, you have him all the way down to 24. He's had two top five finishes in his six games. I personally think that upside warrants him to be a little higher. It could be. I think I might move him up a little bit, but I don't want to take away from what Tank Dell coming back might do. You know, we've seen Tank Dell get some target share. We know CJ Stroud likes to target him. He's been out of the lineup for a little bit. I think Nico Collins, he does have the upside, but I don't know how much I like it just because it's also a good matchup for the Texans running backs, I think, this week against the Panthers. So I'm looking at the game script. It could be a little bit better. I don't know how much... The Panthers are going to challenge. Their offense has been a little rough besides Adam Thielen. I think that this could be a game where ultimately the Texans go up. They've been like, they're a good team. Sometimes I wonder how they're like so close against other teams, but they beat the Jaguars handily earlier in the season. So this is a team that's capable of putting a team away like that. The Panthers are a team that's capable of having that done to them. I, th- I think that this is going to be a pretty much an easy win for the Texans. And if they go up early, there's a chance Texans defense is good too. If they're just running short fields, that kind of thing, the amount of production that you might see from Nico Collins could be limited with tank Dell coming back. I think that there is definitely a floor here. I do think I agree with you. I feel like 24 might be a little bit low. I might bump him up after this, but I think that we don't necessarily need to call him a must start right now, but you're de- if you have him as your wide receiver too, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And, and, and let's not forget about tank Dell. Like obviously he might hurt Nico, but like, Let's not forget about him as a fantasy starter. Okay. I think he's an upside flex play. Yeah. I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised if I had him in my top 30 next week. Right. He demanded those high target share games in a couple of games early on. Right. And then he got concussed. So keep that in mind. Okay. He, he's definitely in play this week in a good matchup. Okay. So don't just like assume that you have to keep him on your bench this week. Okay. Just don't forget about what he did a few weeks ago. Right. Uh, I have Brandon Ayuk at 16 this week. Zach, you have him at 10. Um, despite Sam Darnold coming in. Despite the Bengals being a tough matchup, what do you like about Ayuk as a top 10 wide receiver this week? So this goes back a lot to the conversation about Kyle Shanahan and the offense. (laughs) I think that you can make pretty much any quarterback work. I think Brock Purdy was good, but Sam Darnold, 
I think that he's going to be all right this week. He's got a pretty difficult matchup. Obviously, Brandon Ayuk against the let me see the Bengals. Yeah. They're not allowing a whole lot of points to receivers. But I will say that Brendan Ayuk is clearly the number one target here. And I expect a backup quarterback like Sam Darnold to come in and lean on that receiver. Like if I'm worried about someone suffering from a backup quarterback coming in, who I don't think the gap is as big as people think it is between Brock Purdy and Sam Darnold. I obviously don't want to take away from Brock Purdy. But shots I think fired. Yeah, shots fired. I don't think the gap is that far where we have to start worrying about an elite target earner like Brandon Ayuk versus a guy like George Kittle, I think that could definitely be in the cards. You see that his target share could come down, I think, a little bit. The offense hasn't been looking like itself the past couple of weeks. But Brandon Ayuk, he's going to get the targets. I think he's going to have a solid floor for you this week. And in a game that I think the Bengals are going to win, I think the 49ers can stay competitive. I think that Brandon Ayuk is going to be peppered. And if he gets 10, 11 targets, which I think is definitely in the cards, he should catch seven or eight of them, have a solid yardage output. So I'm not worried about him at all this week. I think that you can take advantage of people thinking that he's going to have a rough game. I think that he's going to be better than a lot of people will say he's going to be just because Sam Darnold's playing. I don't want to overreact to that change at quarterback. I'm more worried about the matchup than Sam Darnold because I, I trust Kyle Shanahan and his ability to make you know, other quarterbacks look good. And Sam Darnold, like, he wasn't that bad with, in Carolina, okay? Um, he was bad on the it's, Jets. It's easy looking back and, like, giving him that glowing review. But, like, at the time, we were sitting there like, man, Sam Darnold sucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's right? so true. That's why That's Baker so Mayfield was playing. Like, it was just a mess. It's so true. Uh, Zach, you have Zay Flowers at 15. I have him a little bit lower. I am moving him up, though. I did look into it a little bit more. He has a great matchup against Arizona this week. They've allowed the second most fantasy points to wide receivers over the last two weeks. He's a solid, high-floor wide receiver. Uh, he hasn't shown his upside lately in, in very, very good matchups, uh, but luckily he has another good matchup this week. He has another shot at presenting that upside. Uh, maybe he can finally show that this week. Yeah, I'm counting on it. I mean, look at the usage that he's been getting. He's averaging over nine targets a game over the past four or five games. Yeah, and he has also just a fantastic 28% now, uh, snap, not snapshot, target share across all of his games this season. Like, I'm all in on Zay Flowers. I've been a big fan of his. He's been doing everything that he's supposed to do right. And you have this receiver that hasn't had that big game yet. I think that Zay Flowers can come through for you this week in a good matchup, like you mentioned, against Arizona. Like, he's pretty much, he's battling the Cardinals' former wide receiver. Not, not the Cardinals. He's battling the Ravens' former wide receiver one in Marquise Brown. And this is going to be like the game where he says, like, I'm the new and improved Ravens wide receiver <laughs> one. Look at what I did. Like then it's funny because I think they're both drafted with the same pick. They're both like the these undersized wide receivers. I, I did this comparison earlier in the season. I was like the parallels between these two are hilarious. So I, I I think there's just a little bit of added motivation there, maybe too for Zay Flowers. But I think you look at the usage that he's been getting, you're waiting for that big game. It has to happen at some point. And I think that this could be the game. Six only six targets last week, eight targets the week before. He had a, the eleven target game in Pittsburgh, um, and then he had four a four target game game against Cleveland in a tough matchup. So, you know, in the good matchups, he's getting his targets. So I'm hoping that he could potentially get that target share. Oh, well, he gets his target share, but you know, the overall targets in this game. You know, hopefully it's not just a you know a run first game where they just take complete control of Arizona. Um, right. I have T Higgins at 17. Zach, you have him down at 28. I think. I think Higgins is healthy now. Uh, you know, this is a great matchup. I'm firing him up as a wide receiver too. What's your hesitancy behind T. Higgins this week? So I, I hope that Higgins is healthy. You know, you have to imagine that he probably is coming off the bye. And is there a chance that they work the offense a little bit more in his favor since they haven't been using him a whole lot the past couple of weeks? 
yeah, there's a chance. But Jamar Chase is dominating right now. And you also look at the, n- the numbers just for T. Higgins these past couple of weeks. And you mentioned earlier when we talked about quarterbacks, we're not sure which version of Joe Burrow is going to show up. I think it's going to be the good version, but you still have to c- account for that. But over the past three weeks, T. Higgins is just a 15% target share. And he has only 58% catchable targets out of those targets that he's getting. So the target quality and the quantity of targets hasn't been there the past couple of weeks. Is that going to jump up suddenly to this massive, massive number that's going to put him in the range of where you have him ranked? I'm not going to say that you have him ranked too high. I think the upside is there. But I think there's also a relatively low floor here. He only has one like good week this season in fantasy football so far. And that's been one of my problems with T. Higgins coming into the season and before that. He's maxed out pretty much in his ceiling as a low wide receiver, not low wide receiver, as a high wide receiver too. So I'm expecting that mid to low wide receiver two production. And I think in an offense that we're still not 100% sure about, that he hasn't earned a lot of targets in the past couple of weeks, I don't want to just bet on that, that he's going to come back and have this massive target share that's going to boost him back up to some wide receiver two, high wide receiver two type number. I think he's going to settle probably somewhere in that low wide receiver two range this week, especially if Jamar Chase keeps dominating the way that he's been. I mean, I don't think we can look at the past couple of games for T Higgins. The past couple of games for T Higgins, he was hurt, right? He had the rib injury, right? So like the yeah. last game, he he was he hardly even played. He was just a decoy, right? So that game, you got to throw it out, right? The game before that, he didn't play. And then throughout the first half of the season, Otherwise, we didn't get this. This the Bengals were the they scored the. By the way, coming into even this week, the Bengals have scored so the lowest number of points in the NFL. Okay, so we can't really look at that as like this is where the Bengals are going to be the rest of the way. You know what I'm saying? So like, if this right. if Joe Burrow is healthy moving forward, and I'm assuming that he is going into this this week, I have to have T Higgins. T Higgins is high. Uh, T Higgins is back at practice. Uh, it looks like he's full. I, I want to check on that practice report uh, for the Bengals, I, and I'm pretty sure he got a full practice in. But I want to make sure uh, before, you know, for the people, want to make sure that, for the people, uh, for the people, want to make sure that what the status report on him is this week. Um, yeah, he got a full practice in. Okay, so he's good to go. If you're wondering whether T Higgins is healthy or not, he's healthy, full practice. Okay, so I'm not really worried about him at this point. Now, if he's healthy and Joe Burrow's healthy and this Bengals offense is going to be back, he's he's a, he's a wide receiver too for me, right? Yeah, I'm, I, what he what he is in this offense, you know, if that makes yeah. sense. I, I hear you, and you're right. Maybe in the bye week they mix things up. They're like, all right, they audit their offense. Like, we need to get the ball to Higgins more. You know, now that he's healthy. Well, I, I, I don't think it. they were. I don't think they were not getting the ball to T Higgins. Yeah, like no, I they, they they were trying to get the ball to T. Higgins. Like if you looked at the first few games of the season, twenty four percent target share week one, you know, thirty percent target share in week two, and then he had the eighteen percent target share in week three in a shitty game from Joe Burrow, fifty percent catchable targets, right? Fourteen percent catchable targets in week one. This is not Joe Burrow, right? This is not him, right? And then he ended up playing yeah. only fifty percent of snaps. T. Higgins did in week four when he got hurt. Didn't play in week five decoying week six with the 56 percent uh route participation you know not you know you can't really take too much out of that it's more like we're trying to project forward here right so we're we have to look at the sample where he was actually on the field and that's what i'm looking at so i think he's you know not saying that he's going to definitely bounce back this week but i just want to give an idea of like how we should be treating him you know moving forward yeah no i hear um 
another big difference uh, here is I have Rashi Rice all the way up at 25. You have him down at 40. Uh, I, I, you know, Rice for me at this point is there was a big shift from week uh, six. No, I'm sorry, week five to weeks. Week, are we week eight right now? We are. We from yeah, week six week to eight, week seven. Yeah. Um, Rice only ran a handful of routes less than Travis Kelsey last week. You know, he's getting it done. Five finishes inside the top 36. Um, and and this role. This role upgrade last week, he finished as the wide receiver 14. So he's looking like the clear wide receiver one for Patrick Mahomes right now behind Travis Kelsey uh, in a good matchup. So I'm happy rolling him out this week. Definitely a lot more confident in him than prior weeks now that his rap participation is up at 65%. And usually like 65% rap participation for most teams is like not enough for me to be like, all right, I'm starting a wide receiver. But in the Chiefs, it's just, it's just different. Yeah. No, I hear you. That makes sense. But I, I just think it's a little high. You know, the target share looks good. The snap share looks good. But you have to remember that he's only getting, he, what is he averaging, five targets a game? Like, I don't want to just go out on a limb and say a guy that had a lot of quiet games before this one, you know, is going to come out, get five targets a game, which is what he's been getting pretty much, and say that he's going to have wide receiver two type finish. Like, I, I'm not, I think 25 just feels a little high. I think 40 is right on par i think having him as a low wide receiver three wouldn't be a mistake i think i could bump him up a little bit given what we saw from him in terms of the snap share what he's been getting the route participation it's gone up but i just don't know how comfortable i am yet starting rashi rice considering the number of other targets in the chiefs offense travis kelsey is just on a tear right now and then also the chiefs are using isaiah pacheco at a relatively high rate too not just in the run game but in the passing game so i don't want to just bet on somebody that has a low you mentioned the target share in the Chiefs offense. It's a little bit different because Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. Rashi Rice is going to have a chance to score every single week. But do I think that the volume he's getting is indicative of wide receiver two? Like I, I don't think we're at that point just yet. I have my reservations with that fact. If he continues to do this, maybe in a week or two, we'll see him move up. But I don't know how consistent this is going to be. It tends to flip from one running, not running back, wide receiver to another any given week. But I will give you the fact that he has established himself more than any other Chiefs wide receiver. I'm st- I just don't think that any Chiefs wide receiver yet is prepared to be ranked inside top 25 in that wide receiver two range. There is no other wide receiver it gets bounced to in this offense. There hasn't been one wide receiver besides Rashi Rice who's been getting it done or who has got it done, period, at all. It's been Rashi Rice every single week, right? He's had double-digit points in four, five out of seven weeks at this point in PPR. Last week, he had his best week. It just so happened to be also Travis Kelsey's best week, too. So he, he's he's doing his thing. Um, and you mentioned five targets per game. Like, sure, but his role changed this past week. So I don't think we can expect that to continue, right? So that's why I moved him up, because I do expect more opportunity for him. Before, I was hesitant to put him anywhere in my top 36 be, you know, before this week. And that was because the routes route participation wasn't there, right? So I was worried about that. But now, you know, things have changed a little bit. You know, the route participation went all the way up from he was at 51%, 47%, 23%, 50% to 65%. And then on a per route run basis, he's still getting that 28% targets per route run. So it's one of those things where it's like if you're producing already on a, you know, relatively low route participation and now it's going to move up i'm going to move you up right that's kind of how i'm looking at it for rashi rice because he's just producing straight up you know 
Um, all right. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Let's, let's move on to Calvin. Really, a lot of questions around him. You know, we have him, we all have him around 30. You know, it's a mid, he's a mid-wide receiver three for us this week. It's a good matchup against Pittsburgh. I'm fine rolling him out there. The lack of targets is a concern. I do think last week was a tough matchup. I'd expect a better game from him this week. The Steelers are giving up the fifth, the fourth most fantasy points to wide receivers and the seventh most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers as well. Uh, speaking of the Steelers, I think I want both Deontay Johnson and George Pickens in my lineup this week. You know, Deontay, hopefully he's back in practice today. I haven't taken a look at that. I, I think we right. should take a look at that at some point. We'll see. Um, yeah, but he, uh, yeah, I'm not sure if he did, but he didn't practice on Thursday. I know that he did get a full practice in on Wednesday. I think today was yesterday was a rest day on Thursday, but we'll see. The Jaguars are giving up the second most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers over the last four weeks and the third most over the course of the season. So I think this is a matchup to take advantage of for both these guys. All right, and here it is. There is an update. I mean, this is just a guy. There's footage here of Deontay Johnson. This is, doesn't look limited at all. Yesterday was likely a rest day. So, okay. good. Perfect. Yeah. There we go. Deontay Johnson, can't there wait to have him back in the lineup. You know, I, I, I'm still not on the George Pickens train where I think that he's going to be some cons- he's going to be consistently earning targets with Deontay Johnson there. I do think that he's going to get some targets, but I think Deontay Johnson is going to return to being that top wide receiver in the Steelers passing attack. Both of them definitely, like you mentioned, in a good matchup against Jacksonville. You want to put them in your lineup because Kenny Pickett looked pretty good last week, too. That was in a tough matchup against the Rams. And both, I mean, for given the matchup too last week against the Rams, it was tough for the Steelers. They both got it done. Pickens and Deontay Johnson. So I'm cool with both of them in the lineup. I think having them this week, Deontay Johnson should be back even healthier than he was last week. So I'm expecting even more from him this week. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, it's funny, man. Like, you know, I'm going to, you know, and I've been talking about selling George Pickens and all that. And I haven't been the, the biggest supporter of George Pickens, but I will say to kind of counteract myself and like to argue with myself and to debate against myself. If you look at the target shares that George Pickens has put up this year, since week two, 33%, 24%, 26%, 32%, and then 35% with Deontay Johnson back last week. I think it's hard enough in this league to demand targets and to demand targets regardless of who's on the field. So I think George Pickens needs some credit where credit's due. And I think I should give yeah. him more credit where credit's due. So we'll see if that continues. Obviously, Deontay Johnson's back now. We'll get a more of a sample size now this week. Um, I can totally see situations where Deontay Johnson ends up, you know, doing his thing and, you know, uh, I mean, continues to lead them in target share. But, you know, I'm not closing the door on George Pickens anymore. Um, I think I think it's 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 enough at this point from me. The bashing has been enough. I think Pickens has earned my respect right now. Um, but if I had to guess, like who's going to have a higher target share this week, I would guess Deontay Johnson. OK, yeah, because I think he's okay. just uh, he's just a better wide receiver. Uh, overall, <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> we're we're done with the bashing, but Deontay Johnson, he's just a better wide receiver overall. Yeah, yeah no, not, I, 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 I think boat. he's definitely a boat. better wide receiver. I, I don't think there's 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 that that's a debate for me personally. But listen, 
for, as far as a target earner goes, like uh, you can't really deny that you know George Pickens has been a target earner this year. You know, yep. So and he's been making some flashy catches. So like, good on him. He's been doing his maybe, thing. He's been doing maybe his the thing. passes don't have to be catchable. You know, there might be some catches on uncatchable targets in there. Uh, yeah, you know, they might qualify as uncatchable. And George Pickens is turning them into catchable targets. So it's it's worth mentioning. I I don't think George Pickens is a scrub, obviously, but I I'm just right. a big Deontay Johnson guy. I wasn't it's a- two years ago. This year, yeah. I am. A lot of questions around Josh Downs. I have him at 36, so low end wide receiver three, but he has upside. Okay, we'll, we'll, I'll want to try and have him in my lineup this week. You know, good matchup against the Saints out of the slot. We saw multiple wide receivers have success there. Not as good of a matchup for Michael Pittman, but he is the alpha on this offense. So I'm starting him over Downs if I'm choosing between the two, but this is a tough matchup on the outside. So I won't be surprised if Downs outscores Pittman this week. Yeah, um, that, just a little note yeah. here too. Like I, I'm a fan of Josh Downs this week. Like you mentioned with the matchup in the slot, they're allowing some points. Actually, you know, New Orleans is seventh most over the past eight weeks in this season overall scoring um, to slot wide receivers. But also, freaking, we didn't think that the Colts would have any type of value, any type of wouldn't be worth starting last week against the Browns. And I don't want to just pay into this legend of Gardner Minshew, but they were over, able to overcome a really tough matchup last week, the Colts. So. I'm not just going to say it's going to happen again, but we've seen them do this before. So don't just completely write them off at this point. Like you mentioned, Michael Pittman, this is as good as a matchup as you can ask for against a team that is pretty tough on defense. The fact that Josh Downs is going to have a decent matchup coming out of the slot. And then also Michael Pittman being a high target earner alpha with the way that the Colts have been throwing the ball. Don't just completely write them off in this matchup. It, it, it might feel easy to you. Just look at the matchup. It's like, oh, yeah, let's just move them out. I think that there's more here than what meets the eye. All right, real quick, guys. I know this is a longer episode than usual, but I want to move on to tight ends. Okay, again, our full rankings are on the website. If you need help deciding between some wide receivers, uh, a couple, t- you know, you know, real quick, couple of plus matchups. Jaden Reed against Minnesota. They're allowing the most fantasy points to slot wide receivers going into Week Eight. So all these, all these Green Bay wide receivers actually have good matchups this week. Real quick, Zach, who would you rather start, Christian Watson or Romeo Dubs this week? Uh, Christian Watson. Sorry, uh, okay. I'm just, I'm just gonna pay. Pay on the talent. That's what I'm focusing on here. Kendrick Bourne, he's been having a high target share lately. I think he's a decent upside flex start this week. Um, You know, he's been getting it done. Miami has given up the six most fantasy points to wide receivers over the last four weeks, and he's been getting the target share. Fire him up if you really need it. Um, In terms of tight ends, you know who you're starting every week. Kelsey, Andrews, Hawkinson, Laporta. Is Darren Waller part of that list now? Uh, It looks like Tyra Taylor starting again. So that's that, that's yep. good news, I guess, for Darren Waller. So he's he has to be in your lineup right now based on how he's been playing, right? Yeah, you have to. And just that comes down pretty much exclusively to Tyrod Taylor. Obviously, Daniel Jones had that one week before he went out with the injury where he was hyper-targeting um, uh, Darren Waller. But Tyrod Taylor has made it a point to target Darren Waller. And you also look at the matchup this week. It's pretty good against the Jets. I think it's one of the best. I think, if I'm not mistaken, it's, they're allowing the second uh, most fantasy points, Yeah, I think, there you go. to tight ends. So... Really good spot for Waller here. I'm definitely starting him. I actually have him in my flex over a couple other wide receivers that don't have so good matchups. So he's worth a start this week after two good weeks. George Kittle looked good last week. Sam Darnold will be throwing him the ball, so I'm not overly worried. The Bengals are a good matchup for tight ends. You know, no depot. Uh, So Kittle should get his looks this week with the tough matchup on the perimeter. Uh, I do have Matt Six behind Waller this week. 
Uh, so does Zach, actually. Actually, our top nine tight ends are identical this week. Uh, look at that. Look at all the differences everywhere else. But we come together and united on tight ends. Uh, we both have right. Kyle Pitts at nine. Uh, Pitts is low-key seventh in the NFL among tight ends in target share this year. I have Dalton Schultz at 10. Decent matchup. But, you know, again, you know, Tank Dell coming back. Who knows what's going to happen there? Michael Mayer is at 14 for me against Detroit. Good matchup. Uh, Zach has him at 13. Uh, I might agree there. I'll move him up, actually, above um, Logan Thomas. The rap participation was there. Snaps were there last week for Michael Mayer before it turned into a blowout, and they started to bring backups in. So, you know, just a little bit of a sneaky guy who you can still potentially play this week. Trey McBride is at 15. We talked about him on Wednesday, moving him, you know, into significant opportunity with Zach Ertz on IR. Um, these guys that I just mentioned are all above Janu Smith, Luke Musgrave, Cole Komet, David Njoku, Tyler Higby, and Taysom Hill as well, because it looks like Juwan Johnson is back this week. He hasn't received the full practice yet, though, so something to monitor there. If Johnson misses again, I think Hill might be moved to like 14 or 15, but I'd still play McBride and Mayer over him. Would you agree with that? Yeah, you look at Taysom Hill, the way that he produces, the way that he achieves his upside is from unconventional ways that you can't really project. But you also, you look at Michael Mayer and Trey McBride, who are both going to be stepping into larger roles or already have a larger role. You know, I think that there's a much safer floor there in terms of the workload that they're going to get. And Trey McBride, especially, you know, with the way Zach Ertz was targeted over the past couple of weeks and he's going to be out now, those targets aren't just going to get displaced to Michael Wilson. Or somebody like that. Or you might think it might go to Amari Demarcado, but I think Trent McBride is going to have a pretty good week this week, given the role that, that that's there for him stepping into. Yeah, and on a on a per route basis, even Trent McBride was also being targeted at a pretty high rate. Okay, so that right. could translate into some fantasy points for him. That's going to do it for this episode, everyone. Again, if you need the full rankings, they're up on our website. The Give Me the Rankings package will have that. Uh, the Homies package and the Diehards package will allow you to access me directly via text message along with some other great perks on our website. So make sure to check out all those details at upperhandfantasy.com. We'll see you tomorrow. Now, I'll see you on Sunday, actually, on Instagram Live. All right. We'll, I will be live at 11 a.m. Eastern time. See you then. Take it easy. Bye-bye. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 